Hi, everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. Dateline has given us another repeat that we have already done, but it was a classic. If you didn't watch it, it was the origin story of... Where'd you go, boo? Oh, boy. Hey. Hi. Oh, boy. Hey, you. Hey, you. What is it called? The Life She Wanted. Mm. And it's an excellent episode. So watch that. But we picked a classic from Peacock that I've been wanting to do for a long time. It's a little known case. I'm just kidding. It's a huge case in the true crime world. But I think people outside the true crime world might not know about it. But we're covering Dateline's coverage of it, which is always fun because we have Return of the Cold Case Squad featuring Yolanda McClary. I am obsessed with the Cold Case Squad. You know this. Yeah, And whenever Mank comes on, with the cold case squad, I get giddy. And we are also going to talk about some outside information because there's so much. But I have a feeling that after we post this episode, we're going to hear from a lot of people who have listened to all the other podcasts about this case and are going to have things to say. We might have to do a follow-up for Patreon or something because I have a feeling people are going to tell us stuff. There's lots okay. of theories and conspiracies out there. But some of them might be irresponsible to post to talk about. So I'm not sure. We're just going to have to say a lot of allegedly. 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 There are lots of conspiracies out there. Correct. Oh, and speaking of Patreon, we are going to be starting to record with Kim from People Are Wild, Claim to Fame, which is the show that everyone's obsessed with. My mom had even heard them talking about it on the radio because the first episode was so explosive. And it's a show that I was obsessed with last season and Katie didn't watch it. So now we got her on board. It's like traitors, but it's celebrities, relatives living in a house. And you're trying to guess who they're related to and not get kicked out. It's really fun. Oh, I can't wait. I'm really excited. Okay. So the episode we're going to talk about tonight is called Barbie's Dream House Mystery. No, I'm just no, kidding. It's Barbie's not. Dream. It's not Barbie's. I don't know. Barbie has just invaded all of my thoughts lately. Because it's... I keep Pretty seeing much ads everywhere. Everywhere. And I don't really watch the kind of TV that I should know about it, but I'm aware of it. I yeah. have been aware of it for some time. Mm-hmm. So this episode, Dream House Mystery, season 19, episode 100. 100? Yep. Dateline is extra. They're like normal people, 20-something episodes. Not us. Maybe they're going by 10s. Episode 10, episode 20, episode 30. That I would love that. Yeah. So this is aired on September 20th, 2010, hosted by Baby Manky with the Baby Hanky. Vintage Mank with Hank. So cute. Mm-hmm. So just north of Seattle and a few short miles from the glittering green playground known as the San Juan Islands sits a town that knows little of the ugly side of life, where there are float planes, float planes spin through the spectacular inner harbor surrounded by grandeur, more reminiscent of Europe than of North America. It's Victoria, British Columbia, which means we're going to Canada, baby. Oh, Canada. And Keith didn't host this. Yeah. Or Andrea. We have two Canadians. Maybe Josh Andrea, was like, they always get I the Canada stories. I want Maybe. this one. He fought for it. Maybe. Cold Case Squad fought for it. There you go. See, Keith has no connection to the Cold Case Squad. It's only Mankey. Correct. It was his brainchild. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to go to Canada, and he said, okay. <laughs> sure. I gotcha. <laughs> so you're cool as moose. 
So <laughs> this is the story of Lindsay Buziak, which you may have heard before if you listen to a lot of true crime podcasts, but none will be as good as this one. Because it's Dateline. It's Dateline. Yeah. And everybody loved Lindsay. Among her many friends were beautiful young women like Nikki. And Nikki is the main friend that we are meeting. Nikki says when all the girls would get together, they would pretend they were from Sex and the City and make a meet, which is fine. It's not my kind of thing. We have a friend that made us watch many, many episodes of Sex and the City. She didn't make you watch. She made no, me man. watch. Yeah. I, she was obsessed. And I was she, sick that day. She forced me to watch so many episodes. It was I, never, I don't like puns. There is always a friend in the group that wants, because we were sort of a group of gals. Yes. So we could have very easily Mm -hmm. been that, except we were all the exact same gal. (laughs) And I don't want to reveal which one it is. We are all Dorothy Spornak, which I know is a different set of four ladies. But But that should give you a hint. So Mank immediately asks Nikki, which one were you? And Nikki gets really embarrassed and says, "Immediately, do I have to say? So is she Samantha? It's Samantha, right? Well, but not it depends. in an S shaming type way. Or is that what it is? She may not want to put outward on national TV that she is an overtly sexual young woman. I got gotcha. That might like not she's be like something her that she are wants watching. her mom and dad to see. Yeah. I don't know if it has anything to do with how she actually is in real life. We don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with being a Samantha, but there is maybe a difference between telling your mom and your dad you're a Samantha. Yeah, I can see that. She's young. I think this is where we are. Anyways, Nikki's embarrassed to say that she was Samantha, but no shame to Samantha. And she says, okay, which one was Lindsay? And Lindsay was a Carrie. And Mank says, the organizer, everybody's friend. And I was like, did Mank know? Did Mank watch Sex and the City? That is kind of who Carrie is, isn't she? Yeah. No, I'm saying it like, oh, did Mank watch Sex and the City? I think or is everyone, that just common knowledge? I think it's common in the zeitgeist. Okay. I think people know who those girls are, and then it very quickly became like a personality test. I understand. So we're also meeting Lindsay's dad, Jeff. Lindsay was smart, driven, and unlucky in love. But that's not really true. I feel that's like not true. They, that's an exaggeration. She had two very long-term boyfriends. Which at 24 is pretty lucky and lovely, yeah. I have to say. Absolutely. So first was her ex, Matt McDuff, who she dated from when she was like 18 for five years. And he said she was super driven. She was in. She became a real estate agent very young, following in her dad's footsteps. Mank says she could sell ice in Alaska. She was very good at socializing and talking to people. She was a good real estate agent. But she was only 24. Business is good. She's now living with her current boyfriend, Jason Zalo. Zalo? Zalo. Jason Zalo. And he says, with her, you felt alive. Which is better and more descriptive than all the loved lives that we normally get. That's pretty good. So both boyfriends are appearing on Dateline, P.S., which is very rare. Usually there's one mysterious boyfriend that they're just talking about and we don't get to meet. Because he's in prison. Because he's in prison. Right. And we're meeting both of the boyfriends. Mm -hmm. So Jason's mom, Shirley, who you think is not important to the story at all, 
but until you do any kind of outside research she and realize how incredibly important she is. A huge player in this, possibly. Yes, she is. Mm-hmm. So Jason current boyfriend Jason's mom, Shirley, also works for Remax with Lindsay. Jason works for as a realtor, Shirley works as a real everyone's a realtor or realtor. I got called out for saying it wrong one time. No, so, I say it like that too. It's okay. I think it's fine. So in 2008, Lindsay got a call from a client, a new client, who said she and her husband are moving from Vancouver to Victoria, wanted to move into a home, ready to move in condition. And Manko says it so ominously. He says, in ready to move in condition. And I thought he was going to do like, but they weren't going to be the ones moving in. Murder was. I thought that that oh. was what was coming because he teed it up for himself. Yeah, yeah. And then he didn't take the shot, so I did it for him. He was. So, it was 13 years ago. Yeah. He's been sitting on that for 13 years, and he's going to listen to this. Be like, oh, my God. Why didn't I say that? Or he did say it, and they cut it for time. Yeah. This is an hour episode. Yeah. Did you think ready to move in condition possibly meant furnished? No, I did not. I assumed it was furnished because it was ready to move in condition, which I guess means they're not waiting on repairs. The roof is fine. Yeah. But in my opinion, I when I saw the house empty, I was like, what? Yeah. You know what I thought of when I saw that empty room? Lori Vallow would love to dance in that room. Oh <laughs> Remember that one empty room she had just for dancing? And that's how you knew that like she was a bad seed. Yeah. Horrible. She has so, children. That can't be their playroom? No. no that's, that's my, my dancing, dancing room. room. Get out of town. So these mysterious buyers want to buy in two days, ready to move in ASAP. They want a three-bedroom, three-bath. They want a large primary bedroom, and they want a housekeeper and a separate area for the housekeeper. Hashtag unrelatable. Hashtag unrelatable content. (laughs) So they want to spend $1 million, which is crazy because I could not even buy a condo here for $1 million. No, you could not. But this has been 13 years, but also, wow. And this area is beautiful too. It seems quite fancy. Yeah. But inflation, that's a long time ago. Yeah, it's probably $2 million now at least. So Lindsay told her dad and friends that the client spoke with an accent, but she couldn't really tell where it was from. Kind of Spanish, but not really. She even made a comment to her dad. It was almost like they were faking the accent. Very strange. So Lindsay met the couple at a five-bedroom house for $960,000. let us all go to Victoria. Yeah. So, and we're in a suburb of Victoria called Saanich, which is remarkably sounds like sandwich to me. A I lot. could have been hungry. And literally, if they just replaced the ends with M's, it would yeah. be sandwich. Sandwich. Her dad gets a call from Lindsay's mom the next day, and her mom has to break the news to her dad that Lindsay has been murdered. Oh. And Matt, the ex-boyfriend, is was struck with the, by the news like a hammer, Mank says, and he can't even get the words out on Dateline. He's much more emotional at first, and then he's less emotional. Current boyfriend, Jason, is a little more unemotional, but I'm trying not to judge anyone by their emotions. But when you did judge them by their emotions when you first saw it, did Matt's emotion seem genuine to you, that sort of choke up? Because it did to me. Yes. 
and we we are so horrible in that we have judged people when they're trying to get out a sentence and then halfway through the sentence they break down. Sometimes that can seem very forced. forced. Yeah, very much so. And but this felt real to me. It always seems genuine when it surprises the person who's doing it. Yeah. Where they're like, huh, where'd that come from? That's yeah. always, that's a good sign. Yeah. Lindsay had been stabbed to death. Oh and gosh. many times, their counts of the number seem to vary a lot. A lot. Um, what does Dateline tell like us? a lot of misrepresentations of how many times. So I don't think Dateline even says a number. They do. They oh, say, they I think they said 12 to 13, something like that. You might have seen 40 to 50 in some places, which is false. 40 to 50 is commonly said. Yeah. So I think that's one of the, like, outside information. We might have both read the same article about so many, like, YouTubers and bloggers and TikTokers get facts wrong about this. It's it's hard. So the number is going to be some. It was a lot of times. And regardless, it's horrible. I think also this is one of those cases where people are so interested in this. She's 24 years old. Yeah. She's really young. And She's just starting so her life. This is really tragic and upsetting. Violent and like by a stranger. Yeah. So she had no enemies. Detectives hear from her boyfriend that they had lunch together that day. Then she went over to the house. He went to run an errand before heading over to the house with a friend to drop off some papers for her. Now, we'll get into that more. There's a bit of confusion about if she was actually concerned and wanted him to come over to the house or if he really was going to get her to sign these papers but regardless she didn't really want him to be there as like hey my boyfriend's here she wanted to do it on her own as an independent woman we'll circle back to this we'll circle back this becomes important she said on the phone see you soon i gotta go the mexicans are here which is what she had started calling them because she has no idea where they're from (laughs) and jason Gets in his car with a friend, drives over to the house. He had sent her a couple texts saying, I'm just a couple minutes away. One he sends at 538 that she doesn't open. A few minutes after 541, her Blackberry dials someone, a friend of hers, and leaves a muffled voicemail. And they think it was in her pocket and was during the struggle when she was killed at 541. Mm. So Jason drives up at 545. And through the front window, the front door has a window on it. He sees a couple people in the front entrance way. And then we get an animation, which Dateline used to do animations all the time. I forgot. They're so clear, too. It looks like a first-person shooter game or something. It's very, it's a good, I like it. Good. Do you not like it? I mean, it's not cartoony. Does that I make sense? I thought it was really cartoon. <laughs> See, and I think it's not cartoon. It's not like Bob's Burgers. Like, well, the, do, 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 do. the only weird thing is, is that we're getting juxtaposed that with actual footage. So right. I'm, I was sort of confused about why we need the animation. Usually animation comes if somebody's falling. Right. Or if there's something happening in the house where we need to see we're recreating it recreated. But this is just people entering the house. Yeah. And then we see his truck drive off the cul-de-sac onto the main road to wait because he didn't want to be like a meddling boyfriend. So does he? he so he pulls up to the front, looks through the window, sees someone, goes and gets back in his car and no, moves no. his car. No, no, he just drove by and his headlights shined through the house and illuminated that there were figures in the foyer. So it was completely dark at five forty-five. Well, he had his headlights on in January. Yeah, February. Canada. Yeah. Okay, so he drives by. 
sees through some sort of shadow through that window. A couple figures. And I was under the impression he went up to the door. Interesting. Okay. I don't believe so. He drove to the main street to wait. He waited for like 10 minutes. He got a bad feeling. He hadn't heard from her. He texted her. Is everything going okay? She doesn't answer. I think he actually called her also. And then he decides to go up to the front door with his friend. And he sees through the window her shoes are sitting there because realtors take their shoes off. Now, I hope that all realtors out there are wearing Bombas. Because if I was going to buy a $1 million house and my realtor takes their shoes off and they are wearing ratty socks with holes in them or, God forbid, pantyhose, I'm not buying a house for them. And I am in the market for a million-dollar house. I don't know if you knew that. I just learned my apartment is 300 square feet. I'm looking to move. (laughs) Looking for an upgrade. And I think I'm going to jump to a $1 million. Straight to it. I would say if I saw a realtor with just the bombus on the toe of the sock, I'd be, I would feel comfortable that I was in good hands. Right? Or good feet. Yeah. I would be like, I'm, I will sign. Let's yeah. buy it right now. Mm-hmm. They're classy. If they're showing you this house, you're like, I need this house too. They're classy and they know what feels good on your foot. So mm-hmm. they know if this house is a good fit for me. Mm-hmm. So I know that in the winter, we have said Bombas is perfect for winter, and that was true. That was not a lie. But now we are going to say that Bombas is perfect for summer. So essentially, we are saying Bombas is perfect year-round. It's a company for all seasons. For all seasons. It is. They make the most thoughtfully designed items that will keep you feeling your best if you're on the trail and the park at a barbecue in your own backyard, laying on your couch because it's too sweaty to do any of those things. Their items are seamless tagless no more rashes from the tag do you ever get those it's like it's like being bit by a mosquito and it just itches i got it today yeah it's horrible it's shame on me for not wearing my bombas shirt exactly i basically just rotate my bombas shirts and underwear and socks and ignore everything else in my wardrobe understood i always wear their no-show socks too because they're breathable and my feet get really really hot Mm -hmm. like year round and they're contoured to my foot curves Bombas knows what my foot curves like. And Bombas has 100% happiness guarantee. So you're covered for life. You can reach out anytime for returns, exchanges, or replacements. Next time someone complains about me laughing too much on the podcast, I'm going to say, we don't have 100% happiness guarantee. Go check out Bombas because they do. Yeah. It, would that be a good retort? No. Anything that will drive people to Bombas, Is they're good. such a great company. Yeah. Whatever it takes, Kimberly. I know. And we're helping people in need by doing that because Bombas, incredibly generous company. Every time someone buys something, they donate an item to people in homeless shelters, people in need. They've donated over 100 million items so far. Wow. That's great. Buy something, help someone out. And right now, go to bombas.com slash date dateline and use code date dateline for 20% off your first purchase. Woohoo! That's B O M B A S dot com slash date dateline and use code date dateline at checkout. That's bombas.com slash date dateline, code date dateline, 20% off at bombas, 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 bombas. Seasons of love for Bombas. Thank you so much, Bombas. We love you every season. Every season. So the front door is locked, so Jason can't get in. It was 6.05. 
He calls 911 and says that more stuff happened that we'll get to later that Dateline doesn't include. He has to call like a bunch of people to get the code because the code to the garage isn't working. He calls his mom. His mom calls another listing agent to get the code. He can't get in, basically. Sorry, but he doesn't see them through the glass when he's going up to the glass at this point. He only sees them when he does the drive. I thought this is when he saw the glass. Okay, so he doesn't see shoes and people here. He no, only just sees her shoes, shoes. Because she took her shoes off. Okay. So his friend hops over the gate to this like outdoor patio area, finds an open door, goes inside, lets Jason in. And they search the house and Jason finds Lindsay upstairs. She's dead. He tries to give her CPR, but it's too late. He calls 911 for a second time, begging them to hurry up. At 611. So all that jumping over the fence takes six minutes. Yeah. I have some questions about this timeline. Mainly, 5.30, she starts showing the house. She's found deceased by Jason at 6.11. That's not very much time. We are looking at an incredibly tight window here. Yeah. Which is interesting because the people who did the killing would have had to, well, one article I read, would have had to know that no one else was showing the house at all that day or in that time period because there were other agents also showing the home. So did they just get really lucky or did they somehow find out through the receptionist who was showing the house at what time, et cetera? So people have a whole bunch of theories about that. There's definitely some interesting things to think about during this timeline, which we'll come back to in regards to Jason's activities when she's showing what I'm assuming to be a very large home. I'm guessing close to 4,000 square feet. It's large. It's in a very new development. And the home is owned by the man developing that cul-de-sac development. They're huge homes. You can tell. Yeah. This is going to be a half an hour showing. No questions asked. If you're showing the home at 530, you're definitely not going to be done He's starting to panic when he doesn't get an answer from her at literally 538. Do you think it's going to take her eight minutes to walk through this home and show the prospective client who are buying a home? Why are you panicking at 538? I think because she was nervous because these people were very mysterious. You don't answer your phone when you're with a client. The rudest thing you could do is be walking and talking and be like, oh, sorry, I have to get this and text on your BlackBerry. Right. No one's going to do that. No, but he doesn't panic until 5.55, according to his story. And not panic. He just texts her for the first time at 5.55, saying, is everything okay? So 25 minutes? Yeah. And she was one of those people who I think was just constantly writing back. And then he waited 10 more minutes. I still don't have confirmation. And then confirmation. at 6.05, so now it's been I still don't, this still minutes. also seems like it's a little bit. Yeah, uh, overprotective. Something. I Something. don't know. I think you could totally see it that way. You could see it, see it like these people were very mysterious. Realtors are known to like, because of situ- murders, there's another woman that was murdered and like mm-hmm. I remember that people one. are I think realtors are very try to be very safe and stay in contact with people all the time. And, you know, someone else knows where you are and who you're meeting with because you're meeting a stranger constantly, you know, so I can was, see it both ways. Was it I, a plan for him to come and drop off the contracts to make sure she was OK? 
there's a couple different like sometimes he says she wasn't worried and sometimes he says she had asked him to meet her there. Now, he said had first said it was for these papers, but I think he also was checking on her. But then he had plans with this friend that's with him to go play hockey and drink beer because she was supposed to go to this bachelorette party mm-hmm. that night. Yeah. So it's interesting because he and his mom both go like are everyone is saying she was very concerned about this, like that it was so weird, except for he said she wasn't that concerned and his mom says she wasn't that concerned. Okay. I don't know. It's really a hard call because I could see someone being concerned, but then also very, very excited because this is a potential million dollar sale on a right. home at 24 mm-hmm. years old, which is huge, right? Yeah. This is a big deal. Mm-hmm. So I will say that my first instinct on just hearing that timeline for the first time, I watched the dateline before looking at anything else on the case mm-hmm. was why is he so up in it? And gotcha. why is this so fast not giving her any kind of a breathing space? Of well, like, 20 minutes. She's showing a house. Yeah. But she a could still text house. him back. Maybe. Like, I've been with realtors and they're constantly on their phones. They're working on other deals. They try to give you their attention, but sometimes they're talking to other people. The quickness of it was mm-hmm. just a lot. Unless they had a plan set up, which he's not said that like, no, I was supposed to do this and we had a code. And if I hadn't heard from her by right. 550... Right. I was supposed to do X, Y, and Z. Right. It does seem strange that he goes right to calling 911 when he can't get in, but I think there's no reason that door should have been locked if they were doing a, if she's doing a tour with strangers. So that freaked him out to give him the benefit of the doubt. 100%. But he, but he does struggle to get in the house. The code's not working. Then he calls 911. They, he literally says, I, we're going to break in. And his he friend does. hops the fence. He is super concerned, which could seem weird or could seem reasonable depending on how you look at the situation. Right. It turns out it was good to be freaked out because something horrible did happen. But he wasn't that concerned until this point for sure because he had pulled the car around the corner to try to like give her some space, not mm-hmm. cramp her style. Yeah. Even though he is still showing up there with contracts. But then you're not trying to cramp her style. Like, it seems like this is sort of some of this doesn't contradicts each other. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, okay. I agree. So canine dogs search but can't find a trail. So it appears that whoever left left on foot. Now, an article I read said they left through perhaps a hole in the fence and didn't leave the same way in the front. They left through the back. I don't know where their car was. Um, where was the car? It seems like no neighbors saw the car. Getaway Although they car? did see the people. Getaway car? Yeah. In the back? Maybe. Question. Also an amazing Taylor Swift song. Getaway car? Yeah. Oh, this is the point where Mink does actually say dozens of stab wounds. So. There we go. He sort of, I think, covers the ground. Yeah. I think it's probably disputed in many locations. Yeah. So they can't find a knife and they still have never released if they ever found a knife. It looked like she was only stabbed by one person, one knife. Nothing was taken. Her purse and her watch are still there. Money's still there. So it seems like very intentional. She was not SA'd at all. So it seems like this person, these people showed up just to kill her. A witness had seen Lindsay greeting a man and woman and the vibe. No fingerprints or DNA either. Yeah, no Almost no fingerprints and DNA, although there have been since developments in technology, they are still 
working and hoping they can get somewhere. Would really love that. Maybe they had partials that you couldn't use back then, but you can test now. A witness had seen Lindsay greeting a man and a woman, and they were shaking hands, and the vibe they got was that she had never met them before. That This person is a nosy neighbor who's spying and studying body language and being like, oh, they don't know each other, which I love because that's what I would do. Yeah. A witness helps with the sketch of the woman who is white, 35 to 40, short blonde hair, and in the drawing, an extremely flat nose, little... I was a little jealous of that drawing of that nose, although I don't know how she breathes very well. She's like, Dwight, how can she keep her glasses on her face? And she's wearing a very bold skirt or dress. Dress and blazer. Some say dress. Dress and blazer combo. Dress and blazer combo, maybe from Kohl's. No, Uh, New York and Company. White and red and black patterned bold statement piece. Or pink. Why she couldn't tell if it was red or pink, I think it's because it was dark, right? We've established it was dark or getting dark. Yeah. So the question then becomes, why did she say to him when they were walking up, here, the Mexicans are here? Just because of the accent. They both appear to be white. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think she, that was also just their nickname. At that, that was point. her their yeah. nickname. She had just been like talking in the past day. Oh, I'm meeting with the Mexicans. How, are there a lot of Mexicans in Canada? I don't think so, but... Could we assume that she would not know the accent? Yeah. Properly? And I could also assume that someone who has not traveled or spends a lot of time in these cultures would not know the difference between Spanish and Mexican. I think that totally makes sense. Well, I mean, did she... Was she for sure that it was a Spanish or Mexican No, and she kind of thought it sounded weird and like Like, was it South African? There are a few accents where you hear them and you can't quite place them. Right. An Icelandic accent. Right. For example, a Dutch yeah. accent. There's yeah. sort of South, funny South African sounds like a mix between British and, like and Australian. Australian. And I only know South African because there are lots of South African people on Below Deck. So on Lindsay's phone was the phone number that they called her from. And it's a cell phone, kind of like a burner phone, not bought with a burner phone two pack because our show hadn't started yet. So no one had stolen that idea. TM. Thank you. Good. Thank you. Bought weeks before at a convenience store in Vancouver, but there's no surveillance footage because it's been so long, so they can't tell who bought them. And the phone was bought several weeks before, but only activated 48 hours before the murder. And it's activated online. The registered name is Paolo Rodriguez, which they determined to be a fake name, and which is Spanish or Mexican. So they're going with the theme there. And they do use an address, and it's a real address to a business in Vancouver that the police say is unrelated to the murder. Are you sure? That's I want to know how they're sure. That these people just picked a random address and how they know there's no relation. Is it a Timmy Hortons? <laughs> Is it? Maybe. Because they should have told us if it was. I wish. Yeah. And so after the murder, the phone was never used again. And, and so it was they, also only ever used for her. For her. Okay. Yeah. And they think, I read an article that the killers had bought a second burner phone that they had, so maybe there was a burner phone, too, fact, that they were using to check the voicemail of this other phone. I had, so I had heard that, too. So they were very good, because if you buy a burner yeah. phone for a murder, you can't use your phone to call it to check the voicemail. You're an idiot. Then you're looping in your phone number. 
gotta go back 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 every it's like a six degrees of burner phone that is a level of forethought that we don't see very much Mm -hmm. which leads me to maybe possibly disagree with the cold case squad well yes exactly they think that are the killers really good or lucky or are they pros professionals yeah, it we'll get to their opinions. Very I don't, organized. I don't know. It seems like they also disagree, but do not want to disagree on camera. So we'll they are there. doing this very subtle, <laughs> passive aggressive disagreement. There is discern disagreement amongst the cold case squad. We might be watching the dissolution. And I the, agree with one of, of them and not the other. So the I'm, dissolving of the cold case squad. It's very interesting. We need to bring dynamics. in another. We need Josh to weigh in. Yeah, I need more Josh. Yeah. So. We'll get to the cold case squad soon. I'm really excited. So her dad thinks that it's either boyfriend Jason or ex-boyfriend Matt. Yeah. And they have hired someone, sent these people to kill her. He calls, I do want to point out the dad calls Josh, Josh three times, but it's okay. He's a grieving father. We have made exceptions before. He also looks so much like a Skarsgård in certain lights. The oldest one. Who's the father? Daddy Skarsgård. Yeah, Daddy Skarsgård. Do you know who I'm talking about? Stellan Skarsgård. Oh, there Stellan. Yes. Stellan is who I'm talking Daddy Skarsgård is who I'm yeah. talking about. I know him as Stellar Skateboard, and which is from an episode of How Did This Get Made? So I know him as Daddy Skarsgård, daddy <laughs> to the other handsome Skarsgårds. There you go. So when police arrive, they handcuff boyfriend Jason and take him to the station. Now, I think this is a bit overkill. I don't. He found her. He called 911 twice to get them there. I don't think you have to handcuff him. You should definitely question him. But I do not know why he had to be handcuffed. He had a friend with him. They were arrested on scene, right? Him and the friend were both taken in. Did the friend also get handcuffed? I hope not. Well, I hope so. I hope both of them did. If one of them (laughs) did, that's not fair. Yeah. So they take his DNA. He also, I read an article, uh, took a polygraph at some point. Oh, Um, I did not see that. Yeah. They take him to the house the next day to recreate his movement on camera to show kind of what happened. And people obviously are judging his emotions or lack thereof on this video. He does seem very calm when he's kind of walking through the house. He said that they were very happy. But she had told people she was thinking of breaking up with him. She had told her friends and her dad, I made a mistake. I feel horrible. I can't do it anymore. So she was thinking about breaking up with him. But then she went on a family ski trip with him and his family. And apparently she had so much fun. She said, actually, I think we just we spent so much time together now that I've I want to try to make it work. And, you know, he's great. So where have we seen that before where somebody goes on a family? It was a recent episode that they went on a family vacation and kind of changed their was it Mean Girls where they go to like have a suit? No, that's they she they go without her on that. Right. That trip in Mean Girls was a we should break up trip. Like yeah. a, in and this was a like we should actually make it work. We're good together. We just don't spend enough time together. So this trip they kind of reconnected. Vacations uh, do that. It one or the other. Seinfeld he said they were like a relationship boot camp and it like immediately takes you to like three times the level. For sure. But so how long had they been together before that? Do you know Two that? Two years. So a chunk of time when you're 24. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's chunky. Okay. Yeah. So I believe it was two years. I could be wrong on that. I think you might be right. I remember they were together. two long-term relationships. Yeah. So everyone is saying, why isn't he crying on this video? I want to say when I suffered a through a death, 
I had people talking behind my back saying, why isn't she crying? And were upset that I wasn't crying. So I get it. I think people do react differently. If you're in shock or you just don't process grief this way, same way other people do. Not in a mean way. They weren't talking badly about me. But they were like a little, I think, bothered why I wasn't upset. But I was crying in private or just dealing with it in a different way. Yeah. So I feel badly that we judge so much. And I do the same thing. I totally judge people by their emotions or how they are presenting their emotions. When was this video? The next day. Okay. So the issue is not the crying. Let's just be clear. The issue is definitely that he, it's very, it seems very easy for him Mm -hmm. to do this. And he's not doing it in a sort of way where it's like shell shock. Mm -hmm. It's very conversational. It's You would think that he did not know the person. Mm -hmm. It's that level. It's not just that he's not visibly sobbing. It's that it seems like it's okay, here we go. I think that could be just a coping mechanism. And he still hasn't processed. It's only been a day. I don't want to judge too much his emotions because so many people are different and some people are neurodivergent and have different reactions. I don't know. Maybe he's processing. Maybe it's weird. I don't know. I just, legally, the cops shouldn't judge anyone by their emotions. Sorry, we We also have to take something majorly into consideration here. Jason is Canadian. Yeah, Canadians, actually, that's a good point because Mm -hmm. we have people from maybe Montana, which is like cowboy country where they're very stoic. Mm-hmm. And they acted differently during Correct. murders. So and I think regionally where people are, I don't know what people in Victoria are like, but Canadians are very generally nice. on a whole, Canadians are considered to be a very nice people, right? So if he's, he could just be being very polite, very nice and think this is not the time or the place to be upset. Th- yeah. There's a good chance that could be happening. Right. So, yeah, we can't, baseline can't judge. There's just so many differences where people are realizing now that people behave in different ways. And so you can't, it can't be you can convict someone just based on their reactions to something. No. But it is interesting to speculate on. And I have been watching some, like, behavioral body language people. And I know those are people are very Oh, popular. are you watching the four guys? No, there's a guy who did like the Colleen Ballinger thing, Colleen, which yes. I'm obsessed with. You want to talk about internet gossip sometime? We can yeah, do a I love it. Podcast. I'm now super into it. I found this girl Swoop who does. Are you kidding? I love, I've been watching Swoop for years. Um, I- I'm super into the whole thing. So stay tuned for our episode on Colleen Ballinger, though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> two years pass. Two years pass with no real leads. The police team gives all of their info to Dateline's cold case squad. I wish, I wish we had a theme song. No, it would be like a, a total ripoff of the Law & Order theme song. Yeah. And they all walk in, but they yes. do it all in black and white, which is kind of amazing. They do this slow-mo black and white yeah. thing where they walk and then they pose. And they pose, the three of them, with hands on shoulders and hands on hips. It's very like the end of a Law & Order opening credit sequence where it's like we've just done all their names yeah. and now we're showing you them all together and they're about to solve a murder and they're looking at the camera and it's on purpose it's oh it's very so clearly on choreographed it's but great. the problem is mank is not in this opening credits i think he's been in other ones but he's not in this one so it is the three main people of this cold case squad which is 
Get ready. It is Dwayne Stanton, who is always there, retired homicide detective that investigated Chandra Levy's murder. He's DC, right? DC. I can never remember his name. Dwayne Stanton. I apologize. Yolanda McClary, who I will never forget her name. She is my personal hero. Crime scene investigator from Vegas, model for the character of Catherine on CSI. And she was on Cold Justice. You might remember her on Cold Justice. Yeah. She's not on it anymore. And John Lewin, yes. prosecutor, who Katie can never remember what he looks like. She has face blindness. Sorry, that's John not John Lewin. Lewin. That's Alan Jackson. I was hoping that I could convince you that that was John Lewin. No, I, I know John Lewin has a, as a chin, strong chin. So Dateline tells us that the third member is not John Lewin, who it normally is. It is Alan Jackson. Another L.A. prosecutor who put Phil, Phil Spector in prison. There we go. Good for him. So we've got D.C., Vegas, and L.A. Yeah. I do miss John Lewin, though. So they all sit around with Mank in this, like, noir-ish lit per police room. A detective room. Detective room, darkly lit, where you would have a lamp and shine it on somebody and be like, "What? where were you the night of- But you would also have the lamp with the green shade. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about with the pulch? Where a lady would walk in with a big hat and be like, detective, and she I need sit to on hire the desk your and services. Say, I was given your name by a friend, mm-hmm. a friend down at the Tropicana Club. <laughs> I was hoping you could assist me with a little problem <laughs> I've been having. Is that right? Who wants Katie to do a whole reenactment of a noir detective novel? With my cats. Yeah. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. And then the detective who would have to be, I mean, probably Bruce, would have an eye patch. Yeah. Bruce with an eye patch. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And only because he has a mustache and detectives. That's 100% correct. He's the only one of my cats with a mustache. So (laughs) they're all sitting around with Mank and they say, they don't think it was boyfriend Jason. First of all, you don't bring a witness with you to a homicide. And when would he have killed her? He was with that friend the whole time. That is all true. But we are pretty sure that he didn't kill her. The question is, did he hire someone right. to kill if her? If he right. hired someone, again, as Mank said last week with the Chris situation, you don't put yourself as the person who finds the body. If you hire someone, the point is so you hire someone and you're nowhere near. You do it when you're on vacation in another state, so you have an airtight alibi. Well, this person is getting killed. But Jason puts himself there and makes himself find the body. But puts himself there desperate to try to get in with a witness that says he's desperate to try to get in. Right. Eh? Could be. But why not just not go and have someone else find her? Or... Have it be later. It's immediate. It's so fast. So the cold case squad doesn't think you put yourself right at the crime scene if you're the one who arranged it. Sure. So police clear Jason. And the team says she was targeted in a well-planned scheme that was artfully designed, Dwayne says. I love when these people like really praise the criminal. They think it's like art or beautiful. Like. The yeah. way people were obsessed with D.B. Cooper on our Patreon. So <laughs> Dwayne says someone sat around this room like in a noirly lit room like we are doing and planned this all out. And they think the dress, that dress skirt blazer combo Chico's. from 
where was it? Nordstrom Rack? I no. said New York and Company. New or, York and Co. And now I'm, I'm rethinking and thinking possible Chico's. Chico's. So the Cachet. Chico's. Cache. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Cache. Did it. <laughs> you have cache though. So I think. I have to clear my cache. So they have the same thought that I had, and I had mentioned this in a previous episode. If you're doing a disguise of some sort, you have some bold piece, like a giant hat or something, and that's what people's eyes go to, and then they're totally ignoring your face and what you actually look like. They're probably not even looking at your like actual body if you had something else about your body. Like like a bag, a part, like a big guitar case. Well, like maybe you're missing an arm. They notice yeah. the dress and they don't notice, <laughs> one, which is a big giveaway. Yeah, the like, one-armed oh, bandit. They only had the one their left killer arm. They were missing their right arm. starring Lester Holt. Barely. <laughs> Featuring. Lightly featured. We're still not confirmed. Mank says it was him. I posted the pictures online and people were like, hey, you can't even tell that's him. Don't so, argue with Mank, folks. Just <laughs> let's, He says he was in it. He was in it. Yeah, but that's what they think. Everyone remembers this skirt and the pattern of this skirt, but the face is very vague. If that's and, what they were doing, that's clever. Yeah, and it's very so it's smart killers, professionals. It, but they it was so brutal and felt personal. So were they instructed to make it extra brutal and make her suffer? And Dwayne says yes. This is Dwayne's opinion. Now Alan Jackson says. I think it wasn't as well planned as these guys do. I think it was part opportunity and part panic that was all the stabbings. And so they did they didn't have to stab her as many times, but they were panicking. It wasn't personal. This is Alan's perspective. Yolanda and Dwayne think Alan is an idiot. It is team Alan and team Dwayne and Yolanda. That's the vibe I'm getting right now. What team are you on? I'm obviously on Team Yolanda. I am Always. on Team Dwayne. So we are on the same team. We are on the same team. And I was very grumpy when Alan started to politely <laughs> disagree, disagree with him. I was like, Alan, get with the program. You are new to this team, sir? Also, okay, I don't know about them, but we aren't seeing crime scene photos because I believe they have not been released. Right. I don't even think the autopsy was released, correct? I don't know. So, but I know the, very the cold little. case squad has gotten all the info from the police department or most of the info. I would like to know how much info they have because the stuff that I saw laid out on the table did not look like autopsy reports, etc. Well, that so could have been prop photos. Before we do sort of a frenzied attack, that could have been idea. like Yolanda, Yolanda's vacation pictures. No, they weren't. They were all of her. So there was all like stuff from her. They show like they do a montage. But I'm just questioning, I feel like you can't make that statement of it was panicked, it was frenzied when you don't have actual photos to show what the crime scene looked like. It could just be overkill to make sure, but still be very planned and organized and not panic frenzy. Well, if it was really organized and a professional, they would do it wouldn't be a knife one. It wouldn't be a knife. And but you would do like one stab wound in the correct spot. I would think so, too. No. but this but is are a they lot so more. organized that they're trying to make it look unorganized? Right, you never right, totally. They did the dress thing. Mm-hmm. We think maybe. Okay. It's very hard to make those statements. And we've seen ones where it has to be personal. It's so overkill yeah. and it totally wasn't personal. It was someone on meth. You know, it's hard to tell. People are True. tricky. So Lindsay's mother thinks it is ex-boyfriend Matt McDuff. 
and Lindsay's mother, who doesn't appear on Dateline. Mank, Matt tells Mank that he understands why he's a suspect. He says, I know why her mom thinks it's me, because if it wasn't me, who was it? And she needs someone to vent her anger towards. And then Matt says something which was very strange to me. He says, I think it's weird that they cleared Jason. He thinks it's Jason. And Mank says, because. And Matt says, well, why do you clear someone before you have someone locked up? Why do you do that? And I thought, they always do that. I don't understand that police do that all the time. Matt doesn't know that. Matt thinks, well, he's still a suspect until you actually have the person who did it. So if you still don't know who did it, why isn't he still a suspect? But that's not really how it works. He, Matt does not know that. Matt doesn't watch true crime. No. I mean, technically, the parents are suspects until they're cleared. And then they clear them because they realize it's not the parents. So you're cleared. And then mm-hmm. that means you're done. Matt I mean, doesn't know that. You could go back and find out you were wrong and... You cleared someone that shouldn't have been cleared. But usually when the police officially clear you, they're done with you. And you can do that before you find the actual killer. In fact, it probably helps you because you're narrowing people down. Matt doesn't know. Okay. That's okay, Matt. It's fine. Lindsay had been talking about Matt recently, though. Matt's her ex. Jason's mom, Shirley. Okay, we're getting two two stories of why... She was talking about Matt. Per Jason, current boyfriend, mom's Shirley, mom Shirley, they went for a walk the day before the murder. And Lindsay told Shirley she was afraid of Matt, but she didn't say why. She said she was disappointed at how Matt had treated her during the relationship. This makes not a lot of sense. Why would she be scared of him now? They had broken up two years ago. If she was disappointed in the way he treated her, why would that make her afraid of him now? Scared and, why, and disappointed or not, that's Why is hard. she telling her new boyfriend's mom this? So Mank specifically tells us, Shirley is the only person who told us that Lindsay was afraid of Matt. And of course, it's worth noting that Shirley is the mom of one of the suspects, Jason. So... Yeah. Matt Mank is insinuating, I believe, that Shirley is trying to throw blame on Matt by lying and saying that the day before the murder, Lindsay was very scared of him because it Matt was- and Lindsay had broken up two years earlier and were both in other relationships and hadn't spoken for months before the murder. It's a weird story that Shirley's telling. It's a very weird story that Shirley's telling. Hmm. However... Mank asks Matt, was your relationship with Lindsay tumultuous? And he says, I don't know what that word means. So I wouldn't go that far. And now I feel bad for making fun of him for not knowing. Yeah. Maybe Matt just doesn't Matt know doesn't things. Know. But Mank says, stormy. Here's an adjective. I'll give you as many adjectives as you need. Yeah. And Matt's like, oh, yeah, stormy for sure. Apparently, Lindsay had called the police about Matt three times, so it was tumultuous. So that is tumultuous. That is very suspicious, but no charges were ever filed. He says she hit him a few times and was very feisty, but he never hit her back because she was a girl and she's a tiny girl. And if he hit her, that and he trails off, implying it would be very, very bad because she's small and he's big. Lindsay's friends say she wasn't afraid of Matt, and if 
appears that she was so close to her friends and told her friends a lot. So I kind of believe the friends more than I believe Shirley. Yeah. She was thinking about Matt recently, though, in romantic terms. She had told a friend and her dad, I miss Matt so much, I'm confused. She was maybe was with the wrong guy. Matt had huh. a hold of her and she called him Mr. Big, Sex in the City. That, that guy that you just can't get over. And then you get to, with him and then he dies on a Peloton after he is discovered to have sexually harassed women and is kicked off the show. If you don't know what we're talking about, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know so much about the show for a show I don't watch. You really do. I know like two things about it and it's both from the movie. And I <laughs> oh, think I there are multiple the movie. movies. So it's only one yeah. movie I'm thinking of. And I know the very beginning and the very end for very specific reasons. And I know it. about one of the movies that Samantha said, Lawrence of My Labia. And I read that in an article and I thought, this is why I hate that show. That's Can't. why? That one? Those type of jokes. I think that's one of the better ones. I'm not kidding. Honestly, like it hurts me. It makes makes my stomach churn. I can't. Apparently, all the fans hated the movies too. And now also, everyone knows that Kimberly is fake laughing when I do my pun titles. Now we know. Now we know. So for Katie, the real Mr. Big in her house is actually Mr. Small. And I'm talking about Smalls. All my Smalls. All her Smalls are all Mr. Bigs, and they all love Smalls. It's the truth. You may be out there looking for that special someone. You may be unlucky in love, as Mank would say. I want to talk about the thing that I'm in love with the most, and I'm not talking about Oliver or Kimber. I'm talking about my four furry friends that live Mm -hmm. in this house with me. Look, I want my cats to be shiny, beautiful, and I want them to smell nice. I don't want their breath to stink, and I don't want their litter box to stink. That's Mm -hmm. why I am so excited to have found smalls. I can finally forget the days of stinky chicken beef saute supreme gravy extravaganza or ocean whitefish tuna with salmon mix-ins. These days of stinky unidentifiable food ingredients is over. I can actually recognize the ingredients in a packet of Small's food. And when I open it, it doesn't reek in my kitchen. Mm. One of Small's mottos is everything they need, nothing they don't. And truer words were never spoken. My cats love the smooth bird as well as the smooth other bird. The bird is chicken. The other bird is turkey. Uh. And Danny, my little gingivitis angel, has much better smelling breath these days after feeding them Small's. At this point, you might be wondering, well, why can't I just put out a bowl of cat kibble and be done with it? But when it comes to those kinds of big pet food, let's just say you do not want to see how the sausage is made. (laughs) Think about chicken McNuggets when we found out how those were made. Pink sludge getting extruded at extremely high temperatures. And if that sounds gross, imagine having to eat it every day, even if it's in a cute little cat dish. It's gross. After making the switch to smalls, 78% of cat owners reported their cats had shinier and softer fur, and 90% reported overall health improvements. That's a stinking big deal. The team at Smalls is so confident your cat will love their product that you can try it risk-free. That means they will refund you if your cat won't eat their food. And trust me, if my Ulysses will eat it, your cats will too. 
Remember, higher quality ingredients means a healthier, happier life for your kitty. So head to smalls.com slash date dateline and use promo code date dateline at checkout for 50% off your first order plus free shipping. 50% off, folks. Oh my gosh. That's the best offer you'll find. But you have to use our code date dateline for 50% off your first order. Promo code date dateline for 50% off your first order plus free shipping. It's a smalls world after all, and your smalls are going to love you for switching to this exquisite cat food. Thank you so much, Smalls. Shout out to our listener, Kayla, who DM'd us a photo of her Smalls arriving and said it was her new favorite find from her favorite podcasters, advertisers. Oh, my goodness. It is really. Cats love it. I have to say it makes me feel like a better cat owner feeding them Smalls. (laughs) I love it. Because they love it. And I know it's really good for them. So thank you, Smalls. Katie, it's officially summer. And that means I completely changed my diet because my apartment is like 130 degrees. And, and it just 100 happened. square feet. And 100 square feet. 130 square feet in 130 degrees. Whew. Let me reverse that. And it just happened overnight. Like, I was chilly last week, and now it's 1,000 degrees. Oh, and no. that means I have bought in all of the soups and chilies that I wanted to eat last week, and now all I want is ice, ice cream, popsicles, smoothies, anything that's heated, keep it away from me. And this means I need to go back to the grocery store and get all of my essentials. And I need to go to Starbucks for more giant iced teas. And I need to go to Walmart or Target to buy fans because I have fans on year round. And I have to go to CVS because despite my best efforts, one square inch of my arm somehow got severely sunburned. And that happens every summer. I miss a spot. There's one spot. I go out one day a summer. And you just miss that one area? Miss just one spot. Oh, it's the worst. I don't know how I do that. So I need aloe at CVS. So but you're going to all of these places and running all these errands. You should get paid for it. Get cash back with Ibotta. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. They have so many stores that you can get cash back from. The average Ibotta user earns $120 per year. I'm shooting for twice that. Amazing. That's my new goal. Other apps give you points. And with points, you don't really get that much. What are points? Or you forget. Or you totally forget. I just forget that I signed up for rewards and I'm like, I don't know. With Ibotta, you get real cash back. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora. Mm -hmm. Think of all the makeup cash back you could get. Best Buy. I'm thinking about the spray paint. Lowe's? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Either you link your loyalty account with those stores or you just upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. I signed up yesterday and then remembered I had been to Trader Joe's and Vons in the past week. So and I still had the receipts. So I uploaded those receipts and now I have money. Yes. Just for that. And then I realized if you buy a gift card to Starbucks, which you can then use on the Starbucks app, you get money back. I can get cash back from all my Starbucks. Amazing. This is how I'm going to earn my van, people. I just started. I'm already obsessed. I finally understand that show Extreme Couponers because that's what I feel like I am now. It's all Ibotta all the time. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code DATEDATELINE when you register. You just go to the App Store or the Google Play Store, download the free Ibotta app, and use the code DATEDATELINE. That's I-B-O-T-T-A. In the Google Play or App Store, use the code DATEDATELINE. 
You can even refer a friend and get money back. Love it. Everyone join up. Come at me and let me know if you're already on there and what stores you use it for and like tips because I'm already super, super into it. But it's really easy. You just upload your receipt or link your thing. It's so easy. I love it. This is great. I am so excited. I'm going to get out of this apartment. I'm going to get real air conditioning. Join me on this journey. Thank you, Ibotta. We're Thank so excited. Thank you, Ibotta. Ibotta for Kimbada Van. <laughs> there you go i, I like love it. ibotta thank you so much thank you we're so excited so please say that matt ex-boyfriend is not a suspect and he was an hour away with the family of his new girlfriend who he then married and okay. eventually had at least one child with maybe more okay so he also would have no motive i don't think he even knew that she was missing him so it's not Matt. At least they think it's not Matt. They cleared him. Yeah. Also, if he's so worried about why they cleared Jason before they have a killer, he should be upset that he is cleared before they have the killer. Did I just blow your mind, Matt? But was he ever as much of a suspect as the other, as Jason? Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was never put in handcuffs, right? Right. I still think that was a mistake. So Understood. police are working for years, aren't making much progress. They The family puts out a $100,000 reward but isn't getting anywhere. They can't find the woman with the Spanish accent and the striking dress slash skirt slash blazer combo or the man who is described as white, well-dressed, six-foot tall, dark hair. There, it could be anybody. Literally anyone. Yeah. I think or it is. Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah. I was going to say Josh. That's not his name. John Lewin. <laughs> I don't think he's six feet tall. The guy who is Chad Hamilton. John, the guy who was married to Fergie. The guy who I love, Josh Dumel. It could be anybody. It literally could just be anyone so, with brown hair. Yeah. Who hired these people? There must have been a third person or was one of the people the one that was in on it? So there's no third person. Maybe there's four people. They Five think that people. this man or this woman, one of them knew her and was in on it. The reason they don't think that is because of the neighbors studying the body language saying she didn't know them. Wait, again, how we don't much know was how the much, neighbor? Have these right. neighbors studied body language? Was she looking I shake quickly? Peop- I shake people's hand occasionally, people I already know, when it, they do initiate it. Like a good to see you again, Shake. So nice to see you again Shake. when they're an acquaintance. Yeah, yeah. And you're in a business transaction. Yeah. I mean, I, thing. I don't know if that's actually ever really happened, but I could see it happening. You could see it happening. Yeah. In a professional atmosphere. Absolutely. Yeah. Good to see you again, Joe. Yeah. yeah. Shake. Shake. Josh. There. Good to see you, Josh Jamel. Shake. So then they go to drugs. Why? There must have been a lot like money involved, drugs, something. There's no evidence that Lindsay was involved in anything illegal. She was super anti-drug. She was very clean cut. But she was friends with people who did criminal things because she was young and she was sex in the city and she liked to go out to clubs. Mm -hmm. So and it's a small area. So it's like she would know people. She would have acquaintances who maybe were drug dealers or into things like that. Had she said the wrong thing? Small fry? Like small drug dealers. Yeah, I would think. But maybe connected to larger ones on the mainland. Right. So had she said something wrong at the wrong time or heard something she shouldn't have heard, seen something she shouldn't have seen? She had visited her dad several weeks before in Calgary. 
And she had seen some old friends that she grew up with there. And a month later, one of these friends was arrested in the largest cocaine bust in Alberta history. 67 kilograms worth more than $6 million. I also read a thing that said it was 80 kilograms and more than $8 million. So a lot of money, a huge drug bust, one of the biggest in history of that area. It's so someone might have been angry and looking to point the finger at whoever snitched. Yeah. Snitches get stitches. So police have confirmed that she was not the informant. So maybe she was killed by mistake. And then I immediately think, what if the real informant started a rumor that she was the informant to get the heat off of them? But who who didn't like her enough to do that? No one disliked her. Can I be honest? Yeah. This seems like a pretty elaborate plan to kill an informant. I think that they would just maybe come to wherever Drive she by. lived and with a gun. Yeah. It does seem I just seem don't elaborate. see this sort of several weeks of, oh, we're looking for a place. This is the kind of place we're no, looking at. No, it was at. only a, t- a couple days. Still, it's a lot of for planning to get you yeah. to go to this random empty house. Mm-hmm. Probably could have picked And again, house. risky because it's in a neighborhood and, you know, she had other realtors around. Other realtors were showing the house. The whole, the whole setup strange. is odd here. Yeah. So the cold case unit says, I mean, it happens that people are killed by mistake because someone thinks they're an informant, but it's not likely. And Alan says, listen, if the police can't find any evidence that there were rumors that she was tipping off the police, then why would the cartel have heard rumors? Right. If there are rumors going around, no one has heard these rumors that it was her. Although the police are, might not have, they're not in the same circles, but maybe but they have is she a other informants. Or an actual She was inform- never a no, but, snitch or an informant. But you see what I mean. An informant means you're working with the police to get information right. with them. Yeah, she, she was why not. Why would she do that if she wasn't a cocaine user? This doesn't make a Some lot of sense. Some people do it sense. just to be good Samaritans. Which we saw in a recent episode. Was it Cocaine Bear? Might have been Cocaine Bear. Remember that woman who disappeared into a van and then she was never seen again in like the 70s and they never found her body? She was a police informant just to help out. I don't know. Maybe Lindsay was, but I highly doubt it. But the police have said she wasn't. Like there's no record of her being an informant. Yeah. So... There was an episode of Dateline where a girl was killed and they found this ID tag that was like police informant. <laughs> it was like a driver's license. You like, shouldn't have a card. You shouldn't have, there says, shouldn't be a yeah, written record. There should on not be. Crip, yeah. On Chicago PD, they always meet under a bridge somewhere and it's all assumed names and burner phones and there's no paper trail. I think they meet on a bridge in Sex and the City too, but it's different. <laughs> it's a bridge, but they're not informing. But it's like a romantic meeting. I think so. Yeah. So that would be good plotline on criminal on Chicago PD is like so one of them falls in love with their criminal their informant. Has I'm that sure ever been that's done happened on one of these. Are you shows? kidding? I, I was gonna, I thought Chicago you meant PD. that like somebody said they were going to meet on a bridge and then someone else showed up with a weapon and that was it and you were no. done. You thought you were meeting a love and instead you were meeting your doom. Double cross. Double cross. Triple cross. So he thinks it's a red herring, and Yolanda thinks it doesn't add up. Dwayne says it was personal, and Yolanda says, I don't think it was a drug cartel. So the cold case squad seemed to be under the 
conclusion that it didn't have anything to do with drugs. Right. That doesn't mean that's not what the police think and a lot of online people think. That seems to be one of the main theories is that it had something to do with drugs and that big drug bust. Okay, well, if it did, where's the information on that? Where are you getting that? Was she really much more into that scene than we thought? And was well, Jason also into I'll that scene? I'll get to one of the main rumors. Okay. And it, it, it's someone else was a drug informant. Oh, yes. Cole's case squad says it's someone very close to her, someone in the same business. Realty. Realty. And maybe someone even in the same firm as her. Okay. So now... After this Dateline aired, it kind of went nuts online and that people thought that it was Jason and his mom and their family because they were prominent at that realty firm. <laughs> and the police made a statement publicly two days after the Dateline aired that said, calm down, everybody. Everyone in that family has been cleared. It's Why? Anyone in that family. And that's... But that didn't work because everyone still thinks it's someone in that family. Right. Without actually saying anything. Right. All, but it's the cold case squad saying, you know, it's someone in that business. Maybe that firm? Well, they, they're saying it could be someone in that business, which is a really good theory. It is a good theory. And they shouldn't not say it. Just, you know, right. they have to say it. that's their job. So anyways, it's tricky. So... The actual, they say the actual killers will be violent killers, that, like violence in their past, the man yeah. and the woman. And they do say it's very rare that a man and woman are working together in something like this. Is that almost, I don't know if we've ever seen that. It's very yeah. strange. Alan thinks it was panicked and not sophisticated. Yolanda and Dwayne think Alan is a dum-dum and that it was well-planned. It might not be professional, but it was well-planned. And it, Mank says... Is there any chance it was an unplanned killing? Like they just didn't mean to kill her, but then something happened, a fight started and they killed her. No. And they go, Mank, you dumb idiot. It is, that is, they didn't, they brought a knife with them, sir. What are you talking about? I thought you posted Dateline. They were like, you had to have, they had to have the knife with them. Did they have the knife in their pocket just because? Come on, Mank. So they didn't like that idea, but I like that Mank asked it because we at home were probably asking the same thing. No. They um, say it, I don't like what Alan is doing here. Mm, so, do you prefer John Lewin? That's the question. Yeah, even though you don't know. No, I don't agree with Alan. I don't know where he's getting this information that they just went off half cocked and were like, you know, Stop okay, crazy. well, we're just gonna kill her extra hard. What are you yeah. doing? I yeah. don't think so. This seems incredibly planned to get her to that house. Mm -hmm. It does. Also, what does well planned but not professional mean? That it wasn't like it was amateur killers, no. not like mafia. Professional meaning like hitmen. So it wasn't. It, it they were killers, and maybe they've killed before, but they weren't like professional for hire killers. I fully disagree. I think these are professional for hire killers that killed it in a way that looked incredibly personal on purpose. That is one of the theories. Yeah, I think we said that earlier. That makes sense. No you said sense. that earlier. That's your theory. I'm saying it again. Good for you. Bears repeating. I like it. Would there have been easier ways to kill her? Less risky? Yes. Yeah. That don't involve having to escape from a neighborhood? They had 10 seconds to do this. I mean, mm -hmm. it was such a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. 
The cold case squad says it, it won't be solved by forensics. It'll be solved by loose lips. That's what the cold case squad thinks. Loose lips mm-hmm. sink ships, which is on our bingo cards, actually. There you Poli- go. Police say we're on the cusp. No, police say to make, to say we're on the cusp of a breakthrough would be a lie. We are asking for help. Wow. We are desperate. Wow. That we are so publicly asking for help and saying we have nothing is very unusual. This case is, they don't have very many murders in Victoria, one a year, and they want this solved. They are asking for help. They are also telling the killer, we have nothing, so do just keep your mouth shut and you'll be fine. Mm. But this episode aired 13 years ago. So by now, there is more DNA research and things like that. So maybe they will get lucky. I don't know. Jason cries a little on camera, kind of. His eyes look watery, and his mom wipes away an invisible tear. I didn't see a tear, but she went for a wipe. Oh. And dad, Jeff, says he won't stop fighting Josh. Even if it kills him, he won't stop. He wants to get his paws on the killer. He's dedicated, and we will get to how dedicated in outside information. He might have to be like a second episode. He's Um, incredibly dedicated. He has dedicated his life. So We have a ton of outside information on this case. Yeah, I think it won't fit in this episode. So we're going to have to put it in a second episode that will come out very shortly. Yep, it's worth it. It I is. Think, it's there's, so much drama. There's a lot of drama surrounding this case, for sure. B-roll Bonanza. I didn't notice that much. Yeah. Yeah, I, I Did they hear, not yeah. used to do as much 13 years ago? I noticed they kept showing these gorgeous shots of Canada. British Columbia looks like a fairy wonderland mm-hmm. with... Boats on the water and planes on the water, and then Clydesdales walking in the street carrying people in horse-drawn carriages. It looks like a magical... I want to go van life there. It looks like what I imagine that Disney Euro looks like, Uh where it's like Main Street Disney Euro. Yeah. But with a lake. Yeah. The cocaine bust footage. I don't want to say it was disappointing, but it was not as much as I was expecting. It was like a half a table. Not a full table. Maybe that was just partial. I'm trying to think on Cocaine Bear, though that footage, like how much, how many, 67 kilograms. I don't know how much that is. Again, I don't know kilograms. Yeah, we're not going to know. We Um, are Americans. There was Dad Jeff walking by water, throwing in a rock. Oh, that's nice. Totally missed that. And then the saddest B-roll was the final B-roll, which is Jeff the dad at the mausoleum. Yeah. And I have never been to a mausoleum. They're beautiful. Never one that looked like that, at least. There's one in Pasadena. I I went to a play once that was outside in a mausoleum. I think it was in Pasadena. I think they're, yeah. I mean, one of our friends was in a play that was outside. It was like one Mm -hmm. of those traveling plays where you walk along with the actors and there was a mausoleum. That must have been it. It's a really beautiful one in Pasadena. It was so beautiful that I immediately asked how to reserve Apply? a spot, yeah. there, there is a very long wait list. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, that's a shame. I oh, guess it's, it's like family upon family. Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Pretty much. Something like that. Fashion police. Lindsay is sporting Chanel studs, which I love. Mm. They were very pretty. I spotted those from a mile away. Uh, Mank glamorous. looks great. Mank looks amazing. Yeah. Lots of pocket squares and open buttons. Mm-hmm. I did like his... Pocket square was very pointy. It was, there was like one specific ridge, one that looked ridge. like it was 
built that way. Yeah. It wasn't one that you're stuffing in. It was one on a card. And then those are always really heavily pleated. They're ironed like that. Interesting. But it's a card. Half of it's a card. Oh, and then it's just fabric at the top. But it stays oh, flat. Like a dicky. It's a pocket dicky. Wow. There you go. Do you have titles? Pocket Dial of Murder. There you go. That means Death and the City <laughs> instead of Sex and the City. That's good. Someone is getting carried away. Yep. That's it. And I mean, Jeff. That's all I got. That's pretty good. How about The Dress Distraction? Mm hmm. How about. Another reason to be the Miranda. I always kind of thought I was more Charlotte. Is oh. that dumb? I, again, I've seen like five episodes that our friend made me watch. I thought Miranda was the smart, smarty pants. Yeah, but Charlotte's a little more like prudish. I'm going to put you in the smarty before. Okay, prude. thank you. I'll take it. Okay, my last title is Surely Not. Surely Maybe? Mm-hmm. Allegedly? Question mm-hmm. mark. That was it. Surely per Jeff. But also drugs? I don't know what Jeff is doing. I don't either. We'll never know. But we know what we're doing because we have the best listeners in the world. If you want to hear more of us, you can join our Patreon or Supercast. Yeah. We have all sorts of stuff, just tons of fun stuff, extra content. And for our $10 listeners, you can join our live stream every month. And we wore disguises last month. They were pretty good. And we discussed D.B. Cooper. And then this month, I think we're going to be discussing The High School Hypnotist. One you episode. watched it? I have one episode left. Yeah. Yes. Are, no, if I get excited, if you tell me something like that, I'm going to watch it. I watched, you, I watched Natalia Grace right away, too. Yeah. I also heard about this show. It's a documentary or a show called Vatican Girl about this girl who disappeared from the Vatican. And it's supposed to be just crazy, too. Disappeared so. or was kidnapped? I don't know. She apparently lived there. There's like a small group of people who live in the Vatican. Um, it is a city, right? Yeah. But isn't there like a main building? I don't know. <laughs> well, I guess I'm going to find out because now yeah. I have to watch that too. So stay tuned. We might be doing that. We'll see. No, I think we'll do the hypnotist maybe. I don't know. It depends how many other people cover it. I try to pick stuff that not everyone has covered except for this episode. There's not a ton out there on the hypnotist. But I've been following this since I started watching Law & Order all the time on in the background. And they keep having ads for it on Sundance TV or whatever. Some channel that I didn't know I got. And oh, yeah. so I've been watch- seeing the ads for the hypnotist show for like two months. And so I kept setting, trying to look for it on my DVR and then finally it aired. So I thought I was the only one who knew about it because it was being talked about on this random channel. It and then is I saw a little some other podcast sad, but it is a fascinating discussion. So I think we should talk about it. Yes. Yeah. I do have some theories. Maybe on. we could bring on a hypnotist and try to hypnotize us. Have you done it? No, never. I'm scared I'll do something embarrassing. I don't know if it'd work on you. I don't know. You, you know what? I will do some research before we do it and see what are the like characteristics that generally hypnotism does well on. Yeah. I mean, they say it. There's a certain kind of yeah. person that it just doesn't. I've been doing I, I know I'm very stubborn done. and I don't like to be told what to do. And also I know my mind never rests. So like I can get a two hour massage and my mind is racing the whole yes, time. I think that might be the issue. So I would love to try it. There's many things I would like to fix about myself. I don't know. See if there's a group on. Yeah. My friend knows somebody actually. <gasps> Ooh, do it. Yeah. Do we do it? But I'm scared. I don't want them to implant stuff in your head. Yeah. I w- you have to. Well, now I'm worried about that because of the show. So we have to, yeah, make sure someone's. Make sure you join our Patreon Supercast to listen about this high school hypnotist. It's a fascinating case. Yeah. 
So thank you. Follow us on social media. We are on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and TikTok. And then I'm thinking of signing up for threads and all of the new ones that are starting to take over to Twitter. Everyone is asking me to. Okay. And I said I'd probably cave by the end of the weekend because people just keep calling us out and DMing us and being like, where are my Dateline friends? I don't know about threads. I'll look it up. Threads got like millions of people in the first day because everyone's so sick of Twitter. So let's do it. And apparently people are nicer over there. I don't know. It's connected to Instagram. Threads. I'm into it. It might be our new thing. I don't know. Although it does sound like a clothing line, but that's fine. Cool. Yeah, threads. It does. But uh, it- Twitter threads are what you call the, you know. It is. How is it spelled? Like a thread. With an A? E-A. E-A? Yeah. Okay, everyone. Be your own internet sleuth, but do it the right way. Thank you. Be a good internet. Be a responsible internet sleuth if you're going to sleuth, especially about this case, because there's a lot of misinformation out there. Please stay tuned to our next part where we discuss all the outside theories. Gosh, it's wild. Yeah, get ready. We just recorded a really long time. So this is being cut and spliced. There's a lot of other info. So stay tuned. That's coming in a couple of days. coming at you. Pardue. Bye, everybody. Bye. So many people. Okay. And I learned who Trisha Paytas is. Like, I'm. You now, don't know. You didn't know who Trisha Paytas was? Never heard her name. I need to do a whiteboard presentation to you yeah. about the inter- the YouTube. I still forget which one's James Charles and which is Shane Dawson. I don't know what they do. The nice thing is, no one cares anymore. That's no good. one cares about beauty YouTube, period. Oh, it's over. I think it's over for maybe a couple more years and then it's going to swell up again. Somebody, one person's going to come along and be like, do something in a unique way, and then everyone's coming back. Interesting. It imploded on itself. Yeah. 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 I do like these receipts. Everyone has receipts for everything. Also, I remember it was trending on Twitter, the new show, because there was like a huge thing that was a mistake. Like they said something Like some character said, oh, I didn't find that out for like 15 years or something like that. And then the viewers, these people are like the people who have watched Friends a million times, like me with Seinfeld or Golden Girls or Arrested Development or whatever. They know. They're like, it was seven years. Like, what the F? Do the writers not watch the original show? Like, how could they make a mistake like that? They were so pissed. Yeah, they're going to be pissed. They were so wrong about something like that. No one's going to be okay with that. Yeah. And I was mad for them. Yeah, that's frustrating. Yeah, especially on a, a show like that fan, where it's like, and then it's iconic for a lot of people. Yeah, so you, and they're like in the canon of Sex in the City that is non-canonical. Non-canonical. That's from Bob's Burgers. Oh wow! Yeah, that's non-canonical. A great word. Non-canonical. non-canonical is really yeah. good. I'm stealing that.